But you, you going back to the athleticism stuff for a second, I love this line that you have where you say talking to Scoot about his workouts is like taking an undergrad course in kinesiology. And it's like you go on, you talk about like all of the different flexibility, you know, drills that he does and just, you know, trying to make him so like, like you talk about how he like stopped eating fried food and stopped drinking soda. Like even it wasn't even just like the G League, like they told him to do that. It was like years and years before that. And it's just it is just like because because, you know, you you look at you know, going into the, into the draft, like who are the guys that he gets compared to the most, as far as like, you know, the, the pro player comps, it's like Derek Rose, John Morant, uh, Russell Westbrook. Those guys have all had, you know, injury issues because mm-hmm. of their bursts and their athleticism. And so to me, I would look at like, you know, some of the stuff that you detail in here and say they are so, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about, there are so many people that are mm-hmm. invested in the machine behind the scenes of making sure that he is successful is, like, I, I wonder if they've all, you know, once they kind of figured out that he was like this type of super athlete, they saw, you know, the way that Derrick Rose's career went, when, you know, mm-hmm. when he was maybe, maybe should have been a little bit more careful early on in his career about like landing after some of these dunks in a certain way. And now, you know, you have, a, you have 10, 15 years of data on that stuff. And now, you know, there's a whole team of people now that are like for this next generation who is, mm-hmm. you know, this kid Scoot this is what we really have to hone in on to make sure, like, what if we took Derrick Rose but turned the injury sliders all the way down? Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting because, I mean, he's talking about, you know, he knows what muscle, you know, he has to work if he can't get his pinky toe to touch the ground, right, or something like that. Like, he knows Uh what he's got to work, what he's got to stretch, what he's got to strengthen, all of that. And that's kind of where the kinesiology, you know, point came from for me is I was like, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is fascinating. You know, it was like one of those things for me where I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause like, learn about it. it. I was like, I'm fascinated by this. Like keep talking about it. I'm going to keep prodding about it. But he was, you know, he, he does have that, you know, he, he does have a trainer that he just works with that is already there. I don't know. I I assume he has somebody he consults for nutrition stuff uh, and, and will continue to do so. But like, it seems like it's, in part, just kind of a family thing where they just, I assume they've stopped going to golden corral. Uh, and they, you know, he's just, he, he eats right. And he's cause I, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, you gotta go to Hattie B's next time you're in Atlanta. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, fried chicken's the best. He's like, Oh, I don't eat fried food. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're 19. Like it's okay that, you know, but it's like, whatever, like, that's cool. Um, like, good for you. Like, you're going like, to millions. Going you're gonna make millions and millions of dollars because of this. <laughs> well, but, but like, like, going back to Anthony Edwards for a second, like, well, sure, it, was, like it was a it was a storyline during this season that, like, Kat was annoyed that Anthony Edwards eats so much Popeyes. And it's right. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Like, so you don't have to worry about that with Scoot. Uh, he's not going to be, he's not going to be hammering donuts or anything in Portland. Like, you're going to be all right with that. But, yeah, I mean, it, he's, he. We'll see. And I also think the way he plays is a little different. Like he seems a little more discerning as to when, like kind of like what I was saying is like, he seems a little more discerning about when to unleash his full like athletic abilities um, in a way that, you know, prime Derek Rose wanted to bang on everybody. Yeah, Like he was going to go and he was going to try to dunk on everybody. And anytime he had the slightest of opening, he was going to go up and John Morant kind of in the same way, and I think, you know, people watch Scoot and they kind of expect him to do that because he he can. He can just take off from anywhere. But I think he's a little more discerning with it. Like, I mean, just watching him play in the G League, like he wasn't constantly trying to just, you know, throw down on guys. He wasn't constantly 
just throwing himself at the rim necessarily in the same way as Ja. And so I think that's also kind of in his corner um, with this. And, and part of that is, I mean, he did, he did have the concussion uh, this last year and he kind of dealt with that. And I think he, he had to kind of learn like, all right, like how do I make sure that I am taking care of myself, not just off the court in the way that I am, but also like maybe picking my spots and how do I still maximize my abilities uh, with also you know, saying like, this is maybe not the time when there's two guys underneath the rim to try to go up when I'm not going to have a clear landing space, you know, stuff like that. And I think he's, he's pretty cognizant of that in a way that, that a lot of those guys uh, who have that ability, because that's, you know, that's your meal ticket right there is being able to do that. I think he sees himself as not just that. And I think he, that's kind of why he scoffs at those comparisons a little bit. Like he doesn't really love, being talked about like Jaw and Russ and, and Derek Rose. And I think part of it is he doesn't like being pigeonholed as the hyper athletic dude. Um, and so I think he kind of wants to show that he's more skilled. And I think that'll benefit him in, in that regard as well, just from a, he's not going to try to be that all the time. What do you think about his shot as someone who's watched a lot of him? I think it's, 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 gonna get better i don't think he's ever gonna be like a marksman but he's also not the guy that has to be a 38 percent guy um if he can be that 34 35 shooter from three that's enough to draw defenders up that's enough to to sometimes force guys to go over screens that's enough to kind of punish teams from from playing deep drop he's very comfortable with the pull-up mid-range game so i think he's already got a little bit of that and like he's a he's a solid free throw guy so it's one of those things where you look at the percentages and you say like the three-point shot should be able to go up and you know i mean i'm not a shot mechanics guy but like nothing seems broken or real funky or out of whack it just seems like he's not a guy he's just kind of got to maybe work on some footwork stuff and getting better balance and so the I think something that happens a lot, and this is something that Russ has always dealt with, is when you are a high leaper, um, if you if you do jump a good bit, getting that consistent release point on your jumper is tougher because there's more variance in where you let it go when you jump higher. It's always been a Russ thing. You know, it, he gets super streaky and like when he's just feeling it, but like I think his his release point's different because of how high he jumps. And I think Scoot he doesn't jump as high. He's not a rust jumper on his jump shot, but I think just because he does have to get a little elevation to get it off. Um, I, I think there's some footwork and consistency stuff that he's got to get for the balance and for the release point to be in the same spot. Because again, the shot never doesn't look like it's broken. It doesn't look, you know, this isn't a Michael Kidd Gilchrist situation where you right. look at it and you go, Oh, that dude's never going to shoot. You look at it and you go like that looks like it should go in more than it does. And I, I think that just comes with some work uh, and continued, you know, figuring out the balance and, and some of that. Cause um, you know, he was, he was better last year than he was this year. And, and, you know, he didn't shoot a ton. So like some of it's smaller sample size in the G league, um, a few cold nights can, can really knock you when you only play what 30 games or whatever, 34 games. Um so, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I think he can get into that mid thirties range pretty comfortably. Like I don't ever see him being just an absolute dead eye knockdown guy. Obviously maybe I could be wrong. Um, 
but I do think it, it's just going to come with figuring out some of that footwork and figuring out some of that release point stuff to just get it a little more consistent. Cause that's the hallmark of great shooters is every time they let it go, it's coming out of the same position from the same height from everything. Like I covered Kyle Corver for years and like the one thing he always talked about was like his elbow position and his footwork. And he know if he has those two things, right. It doesn't matter if he's running off a screen, whatever, if he's got himself square and he's got his feet where they need to be the right width. Like he knows it's coming off the exact same every time. And that's, that's the step that's the hardest to do. But again, like scoots, the kind of guy that'll drill it. I think enough to, to take that step. It just might take a couple of years. I'm so interested in how the leadership part of it is going to work, you know, at least right away in the NBA, because you look at their, you know, you look at the Blazers and, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say that sometime between now and training camp, Dame is traded. He mm -hmm. has not been traded right now. We're recording this on July 26th. As of right now, he, he is still on the roster. There are not any kind of real talks with mm. Miami or anybody else about him being traded. But in the event that he were to be, Nurk is 28, Jeremy Grant is 29. Mm. Other than that, it's all kids. So yeah. there really is going to be a, a void for somebody if Dame is gone. There's going to be an a void for somebody to step into. And from everything you're saying about how he was able to kind of build, you know, that type of gravitas with, you know, guys who are way older than him, like Pooh Jetter and Amir Johnson, like mm -hmm. he'll be able to do that. But it's, it's also like a lot of these guys that are on the, cause as of right now, the roster is pretty much exactly the same, except for him and the other two rookies. Yep. Like how guys who have been used to Dame for however many years they've been, especially guys like Nurk and Simons who have been here forever. Mm -hmm. Suddenly now you're replacing Dame with this 19 year old kid who's suddenly like the vocal leader in the locker room and telling mm -hmm. guys what to do. Like, I'm very interested in how that's going to go over. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that when I talked to, to Jason Hart about it, the thing that he said was what won over his teammates the most was the way he played. Um, and the way that he always was trying to keep everybody involved and kind of, you know, he said like Scoot could have big timed it around there. Like he was the prospect. He was the guy, but he always, you know, he went out to dinner with the team every night on the road. Like he wasn't just like going off to do his own thing because he was the guy. And so I, I think he will build that rapport quickly with those guys and build that trust on the court quickly um, that he is going to, you know, he's still working on some of that feel as the on ball point guard. That was something that was the, uh, that was the main thing on the court they were working on was like, he was off ball a lot his first year. Um, and they were like, here's everything. Like you go run the show. Um, and it took him some time to kind of get the feel for when to go for himself and when to kind of find other guys and when to keep and how to kind of keep everybody happy. Cause that's another thing that as a young point guard, it's hard to get that feel. It's hard to, to find that balance, that, that kind of Chris Paulness, if you will, of like, all right, the big fella hasn't seen the rock in six possessions. Like we better, we better get him something or else we're going to lose him. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it is a very difficult thing. Um, but it's something he's worked on. And he talked about kind of working on is getting that feel for, you know, keeping everybody involved. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing is like, if he can do that, if he can show like, I'm not just going to be out here gunning for 30 a night or something like that. 
on, you know, semi inefficiency and, and kind of ignoring the other guys. Like if you do it on the court, if you keep everybody involved, if you seem like you're looking out for everybody, it's, it's kind of easy for guys to fall in line behind that. Um, and then on top of that, the work ethic is, is pretty unquestioned. So they're not, it's not going to be, you know, a guy who's, and he talked about this. He said like, look, like if I'm going to get onto a guy about a blown assignment on defense, I can't be blowing those myself or I at least have to call myself out when I see it, you know, that, and, and that to me was a big thing when we talked about defenses, he's like, look, like if I'm going to hold guys accountable, if we're going to talk about rotations and I'm going to say like, you needed to be here. He's like, you can't do that and have guys respond to you. If you're the one out there blowing assignments and all you're doing is getting on to everybody else. And so I think as long as he continues to do that, as long as he's willing to like, put in that earnest work and from everything it sounds like he does you know obviously there's a lot of reason for everybody to talk positively about scoot when i come in to do a a cover story like there's obviously everybody wants to do well but it certainly seemed honest and it certainly seemed like earnestly what people were talking about was being very impressed by the humility uh, that he showed in the locker room. And that goes a long way to earning that trust with guys, as you know. I mean, like, it's it's one thing to come in, and if you're blasting guys, but you're not taking any heat yourself, they'll tune you out real quick. And, like, we've all seen it in NBA locker rooms where that's happened. But when the guy is willing to kind of take the heat himself and, and also kind of try to lift guys up and, and find that balance, and I, I think Scoot, it'll probably take some time to build that rapport with everybody, especially like you said, the guys who have been there for a while who are used to Dame, it's going to take some time to build it with Nurk. It's going to take some time to build it with Simons, uh, especially because with Simons, there's going to be a, maybe a little natural friction of who's the guy, right? right? Like there's just, you're the two backcourt guys. You're the, t- you know, Scooth is now being talked at, about as the face of the franchise. If Dame leaves, and Simons is like, hey, I'm the one on a hundred million dollar deal. Who's like, also think, been here for six who's been years here now, and, and was like Dame's protege, like early on, right? And so it's like it would be understandable, but I also think I, I would like to think Scoot's kind of smart enough to know, like, talk about it as a as a one A one B thing or like a split dude. Like, don't come in trying to necessarily defer. say or just defer, and he might do that and like see how it goes, and 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 I think he'll be smart enough to kind of feel his way around. I don't think he's, you know, he's vocal now, but I don't think he's a guy who's going to come in and demand to be the guy in terms of the one who's talking all the time. I just think he's willing to step into voids for that right now. Um, And so, you know, I think as long as he's not trying to step on ants toes, and I think that's the one that is maybe the, the most delicate relationship to build and will be the most interesting one to follow this season but you can also see how those two guys can help each other a ton, right? Like Scoot's ability to pressure the rim is going to help Ant get more looks. Ant's ability to knock down shots is going to help Scoot get to the rim. They should work in symbiosis. Like that is a very nice guard combo offensively. Defensively, they're going to have to figure it out. But you can see how this can all work as long as they're willing to kind of see how it can benefit each other, I think this can work very well. And, you know, I mean, from, from what I've seen, like Ant seems like the type of guy who would understand that as well. Um, I mean, he's played with Dame for long enough to know 
how playing with another really good guard can help him, right? Like he's, he's the type of guy that if anybody knows what that can do for you, it's probably that guy. And then what if Dame isn't traded right away? Like, what if they go, what if they go into the season? <laughs> and again, it's late July right now. There's a lot of time between now and October. I have no new information about any talks that sure. ever haven't happened. What if they take it into the season? How is that going to work? <laughs> I mean, for Scoot, I think, would love to pick Dame's brain. I, he from has the perspective would. of everything we talked about earlier, where he's a guy that wants to do that. He's done that with Dane before. If you read, if you read Mirren's story, which I had mm-hmm. her on a couple, like like a month ago, like right after the draft, yeah, he, she she was talking about how like right when she had interviewed him for that story back in like December, he yeah. had sent Dame a DM on Instagram asking him just like for some you know hey like how how, how do I hit this kind of shot or, like he was asking mm-hmm. for like some basketball advice. And Dame responded, and he was like showing Mirren his fo- his phone, like I can't believe Dame responded to me. Like he was like he was just like super pumped about it. And like yeah. and so they actually like have a good relationship personally, which is why I always laugh at the I don't I don't want to get down a rabbit hole of like sure. litigating the way that like the Dame trade request is talked about because like they know that's all just whatever. But like this idea of like you know Scoot Henderson is watching how the Blazers treat Dame. And if they don't send him where he wants to go, then he's going to take notice of that. I don't think Scoot is going to think, man, I have to play with Damian Lillard, who has been one of my idols. Like, this really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like from Scoot's perspective, he would be all for that. That would come down to how willing Dame is. But, like, here's the thing is, like, you've talked to Dame way more than I have. But uh-huh. I, 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 for whatever reason, end up with seemingly a conversation with Dame every year via some brand thing. Yeah, And so I had one a month ago or whatever, two months ago, which was interesting. Like right uh, before the trade request. Cause there, there was, that, there was that, there was that week where he was doing the Medello stuff. Medello right? thing. Yeah. So that, that was like a week before the trade request. So yeah, it was pretty fun. It was right before the draft. I think it was okay. like literally, yeah, it was the week before, I think it was the Thursday before the draft. I ran it on like Monday or Tuesday, uh-huh. um, which was an interesting time to talk to him. Uh, yeah. But like, even I was like, I can't believe he's doing this. Like, I know so many guys that have canceled when stuff like this pops up. So, like, you know, on those, like, brand things. Well, he like hasn't those... done anything since No, since he requested. Like, he wasn't at Summer League. Even no. he, It wasn't even like he was there but not doing interviews. He was out of the country. He was gone. He hasn't done any kind of interviews since yeah. any of this went down. Like, you you know, you hear leaks through, through whoever sure. that are clearly coming from Aaron Goodwin or whatever. But right. he himself has said nothing publicly. Yeah, and so it was just it was an interesting time to talk to him. But I think the thing we know about Dame, and this is has always been my thing about why I think there should be other teams that are inquiring about him, is like he falls in the KD line for me yes. of like he loves to play basketball, and if that dude is on the team, he's going to show up, even if he's kind of grumpy about it. Even like, if he's still here, he's not going to hold out. I've been saying right. that the he's whole not time. Gonna, yeah, he's not going to – if he's in Portland, he's not going to hold out. If he gets traded to whomever other than Miami, I don't think he holds out. Like, he might be kind of grumpy about it, but also, like, if Grumpy Dame's dropping 29 a night, I don't think anybody's going to care. Because, like, he's not just going to – he's not going to half-ass it on the court. Like, that's just not how he's wired. You know, you, there's some guys you worry about that with. Like, do you want to take James Harden into camp? No. Good luck, Philly. You know, like – we know he is a professional at this. He knows how to do this. I don't think Dame's built like that to do it. 
So I think if Dame shows up, he will do his thing. I don't know if he'll be super available all the time, but when they're in practice together, sure. You know, like I don't think Dame's going to be like take having Scoot come over for dinner necessarily if he's still in town and like doing things that aren't on company time. Like I think he's not going to be going the extra mile if he's there. But like if he's in the building and he's at practice and Scoot asks him something, he'll probably tell him and he'll show him and he'll do that. And like that's just how Dame is. Um, And so like – yeah, I'm with you on the the kind of like idea that he'll check out completely. I don't I don't buy it. Like I get why he why his side is trying to sell that because right. they have an objective, but like that's a bluff I'm kind of willing to call. 